Meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, ready to go on a Monday morning. I've got my caffeine buffet set up in front of me. As I do every Monday, all you can drink. Please grab a clean cup every time you go through it. Appreciate that. But other than that, it's as much as you, or all you care to eat, I think is how they usually say it at a buffet. Do we need to just set this up with a, like, injected directly into your veins? Uh, no, I like the slow, I like the, uh, so it doesn't all hit at once. I like to just kind of. Get it on a drip? Yeah, get, get it on a drip throughout <laughs> the course of about a four hour period in the morning. That's That's how I prefer to do that. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're here, ready for another, ready for another week. Got a good show for you today. Uh, we will be having more Munch Madness results. Uh, add another couple of teams to the Eat Eight here in about fifteen minutes. So be they were close. For that. Ooh, single wow. digits on one of them. Okay, okay. the other one was uh, less than twenty votes difference. Ooh, wow. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I don't want to yeah. speculate too much. I'll just uh, I'll yeah. wait and uh, wait and see what we've what we've got in those matchups in the Southwest bracket on your Lincoln mattress and furniture company bracket. Uh, yes, yeah, seventeen degrees is where we're uh, starting off today. Yeah, we get back to the. Uh, <laughs> we just can't get out of the forties. I mean, uh, and then how about waking up Sunday morning? With uh, with the beautiful snowfall that had covered the lawns of the city of Lane, not any of the not any of the streets of the driveway or, or the sidewalks. There was a little ice on the driveway. Oh, was there? Yeah. Mine were all just wet. <laughs> well, that's but uh, the affluent part of town stays warmer. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's part of what happens in my part of town. We've got I'm some. I don't know. It hasn't stayed much. It, if it's warmer there, I don't know what it feels like in the other parts of town. You guys have all got what heated driveways uh, and sidewalks and streets. No, we don't have. We have the same same garbage weather you all have. <laughs> that doesn't feel. I mean, the I guess the good news is we've got some 70s right now in the forecast. Thursday. I mean, we're all over the map this week. We're going to start off uh, the week on Sunday morning with snow. Uh, then it'll be gone. Like, I went downstairs and I did a, uh, yesterday, I did like a two-hour fantasy baseball draft that I'm involved in, and so I was kind of tucked away in the basement. When I went downstairs, it was cloudy and there was snow covering everything. Mm-hmm. I came upstairs at about two in the afternoon, and it was sunny and there was no snow anywhere. <laughs> And Nebraska was about to start yeah. playing a baseball game, uh, so it was yeah. We and and then for the rest of this week, you know, you get, if you like the uh, if you like the the chilly sunny weather, we've got that. Uh, we got that today. Uh, really, the first three days of the week. If you like the spring warm, rainy, maybe severe weather type stuff, we got you for that on Thursday. If you just like cold, damp, and depressing, that's Friday. What a way to send uh, March out, though. I, I mean, I think, yeah, like the like the lion and the lamb, both, like a hybrid yep. lion-lamb. Yep. Like a lion with a lamb's head, uh, which is terrifying. Uh, and then by the time you finally, I think by the time you get to Sunday of next week, we get an actual sunny 70-degree day. So what you're it saying for like. the weather. Any way you want it, that's the way you need it, any way. 
Hope everyone, the thousands of people that we sent from this show to the Journey and Toto concert. Yep, that concert it. is 100% why I chose that exact intro. On, uh, on Saturday night. Did that on purpose. Uh, so, yeah. I saw a lot of pictures of people going. Lofgren was sharing a bunch of pictures. Yes, he did. Heard it was a good show. <laughs> Heard it was a very good show. Uh, yeah, so uh, we've we've got that going on. Uh, we are now one week and one day away from the primary elections for the city of Lincoln, where we narrow down the fields for city council candidates and the mayoral race. Hey, uh, one week and one day, we will also be announcing the Munch Madness champion. Uh, re- Oddly, we did not time that out on purpose, but yes, voting ends in right one as voting begins. voting ends as voting begins, and then we Ish. begin the bracket <laughs> for a much less uh, jovial, I would say, bracket of candidates. Would you say you more money's involved in that one? Uh, not much. <laughs> no. Uh, well, we got some. I mean, we get, we got a prize with Munch Madness. Yeah, I mean, we do. That that is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of money involved in the other one, too. Yeah, I know. And I'll tell you what they spent it on the last few days. Mailers. Oh, my gosh. Did anyone else get bombarded by mailers over the last couple of days? Yep. And uh, apparently, and I don't know who's on, how they make these lists or who's on these lists, but uh, I get them from every side. They, I mean, I apparently am looked at as a malleable vote in this whole thing because I got the... Um, you know, I got the pro and the antis for both sides, uh, and well, multiple of them. You're you're a professional in in this business, and you can at any time come down on either side I, or both sides of the fence. I don't think there's that much analysis, and <laughs> I think I think they probably see the I next to my name, and that is when why they think I'm a yes. winnable vote for either side, which. I typically am in in elections, so so in other words, you'll I go guess either it does way. Make sense, so you can go either way. I guess so. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. You uh, want to know a lot better way to get my vote than mailers? What's that? Dinner. <laughs> Send me think. some gift cards. Here's a, that'd be a new <laughs> be a new strategy. To, I feel like that's probably not legal, but I mean they they uh, both the lead mayoral candidates they got some money on hand. You'd probably spread that out a little bit. I would say stimulate think. the local economy mm-hmm. while you do it. That'd be nice. I don't think uh, election campaign funding allows for that, though. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's legal. That's hey, that's not my concern. <laughs> All right, <laughs> uh, legislature. And I say this in they're quotes. On, they're on recess today. Gets going later this week. Yes. Gets going this Recess week. or timeout? Yeah. Well, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And when they do get going, I don't know if it'll really be much getting going, but they get started again I, later. This I have week a hunch there's break. some discussions going on uh, deep in the uh, portals and the offices of the capitol these days yeah I, I bet there uh now do you are you referring to there's two things you could be referring to are you referring to changing the rules to allow there to be getting things done or are you talking about some kind of a quid pro quo compromise here yes between the two sides yes yes in general yes to all of in that. general yes all right they got to get some business done yeah and that means that somebody's going to have to give and that probably means everybody's going to have to give a little. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. And uh, so that's what we got going on on the uh, 
government and politics side of things here locally this week. Uh, Mark, what severe weather, uh, severe weather awareness week kicks off today, and we've got the big statewide drill on Wednesday, and that looks like it's going to be a sunny but cool day. So we'll probably have that statewide tornado uh, drill that uh, is scheduled for ten o'clock Central Time on Wednesday. All right, severe weather, uh, you know, it could be upon us. It's certainly uh, done its number on the South Mississippi, Georgia. Oh my goodness, they've had uh, holy cow. Yeah, yeah, that was really significant there. Uh, some, some really. A friend of mine owns a radio station about, uh, I think it's forty to fifty miles north of that Rolling Fork area. Yeah, and they didn't have any problem, but they said there's just nothing left of. Yeah. By the way, you're getting a severe weather bulletin right now. What is that nope. that's going off? Oh, okay. But I... No, that's just the scanner in the newsroom. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it doesn't then... sound important. Uh, it, and then quite a. Uh... Quite a day in the NCAA tournament yesterday. Holy as cow, yeah. Creighton bows out of the NCAA tournament in controversial nature with a with a foul call with under a second left that put San Diego State to the line with a chance at winning the game by simply making one free throw. And, and of course, they missed the front they end. They missed the first, and I was like, "There's, there, are they going to do this? And uh, put the second one in. Creighton has one last chance heave across the court. That doesn't work, and their run uh, is over. But the upsets continue all over the place in the NCAA tournament, and there are no top three seeds there, in the final no, four. There, are no, yeah, uh, UConn as uh, four is like the odds-on favorite to win the thing now. But yes, like everyone ex- predicted. We've got uh, UConn, Miami, San Diego State, and Florida Atlantic yep. in the Final Four. And if you even add two of those, you did a great job. ESP, with your ESPN said out of the 20 million submitted brackets, I believe it's 37 have a perfect Final Four. Oh my gosh, I can't believe anyone does. Yeah. What I, a weird... Yeah. I mean... the. The only way that you get to that is... If you're one of the people that fills out 25 brackets. I guess, yeah, probably that. Or you live in Florida, and you had a cousin that went to San Diego State. And, and your mom's from Connecticut. Yeah, something like that, <laughs> is, is is if you've got some kind of weird connections like that. But, uh, yeah, it was... And uh, the debates on social media have raged on and are still raging on this morning about whether or not the call was an appropriate one at the time. That the the main thought seems to be by the letter of the law, it was a foul, but should it have been called mm-hmm. in that situation, or should it have been called in light of the way the game had been officiated to that point? Yeah, it, it's all dependent on what question you're trying to answer. If the question is was it a foul? Yes, it was a foul. That answers that question. Was it a foul based on how the game was officiated? Well, no, not really. And then you get to the, should the officials just swallow their whistle in the last like five seconds of the game debate? Like, so you have so many different things happening there. And at the end of it, the officials do decide to, to make that call. One free throw goes in and Creighton goes home. In all honesty, and and I know during games that I'm passionate about, specifically Nebraska football and basketball games, I complain about the officiating, like I think a lot of fans do, and may maybe unreasonably at times. 
that said, and that admission aside, I can't imagine, I can't imagine trying to figure out in a split second whether to make that call or not. Yeah. It's just, it's just a, it, I mean, it really is just kind of a guess. And I mean, he he had his hand on the guy's hip sort of mm-hmm. essentially when he shot it. Like how quickly do you have to process that and decide is that a foul or not? And once you blow the whistle, it's it's over. You call you're calling it. Yep. I just it's it is an incredibly tough job. I would I am glad I don't do that. Oh, it's job. very it's I very difficult. Up. And not not just you could look back and you could go, okay, that same call, that same situation, the way the game had been officiated, but it's November thirtieth versus that call and that decision affects who is going to the final four. Like there, there's a lot riding on what's happening for all 10 players on the court and all three officials Mm -hmm. and the officials saw foul called a foul. And that's just kind of how everyone has to live. You don't have to be happy with it. I don't, I don't think at any point with any of this, like if you're Creighton, if you're, or you're a Creighton fan, you don't have to be happy that a foul was called. You just have to live with it. And at the end of the day, Think about the guys that 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 roster had of Nebraska guys bringing in another one with Baylor Shireman transferring in, mm-hmm. going to the Elite Eight, something their school hasn't done. But then on the other side, you've got an Omaha South grad yeah. who's now going to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. First time since a, a Kansas team in, what, like the 80s? Since probably T.J. Pugh played for Kansas uh, after going to Creighton Prep, I would I would guess. So, yeah, that was, man, that had to be... I do not uh I do not celebrate the victories of the Creighton Blue Jays but I can still respect how just gut-wrenching that had to be. Well, oh and we we've, we've got friends very very involved with the with yeah. Creighton up there with our our friends at 1620 is Yeah. We got they're the affiliate and John I've Bishop was right to, there on the sideline. I've not talked to Bishop yet today. Um yeah. A I rope haven't. almost gave him a bath on the sideline. Yeah, that was crazy. He and Bog out, but uh, had a big body coming towards them and spilled the water all over. <laughs> so, yeah, NCAA tournament, Nebraska baseball goes two and one over the weekend. Oh, disappointing and, Sunday! And again. I do, I probably should point this out too. I think we're going to get this starter day. I need to confirm a hundred percent, but I might as well uh, announce it now. Uh, with Dirk Chatlin uh, moving on from the Omaha World Herald. We are not going to do his regular Mondays at 835 um, and let him work on whatever he's got coming next. Uh, he may still make appearances on the show. I, I think he probably will, but we're not going to. We, we usually took the summers off with him anyways, but we have uh, secured a replacement for his time slot when we uh, usually talk Husker sports. We've got our Shane Falco weekend. Yeah, we've we've uh, moved on. And from the uh, you know, him from the Friday Husker tailgate. Uh, or his work with Husker 24-7, uh, Mike Schaefer is going to be joining us Mondays at 8.35. That's and a good I one. I do believe we're going to get this uh, started here today. And so you'll hear Mike on the show today, and we'll talk about all manner of things as we do with a lot of our guests. When when Huskers are in the news, we'll talk that. Uh, when they're not, I'm sure we'll get into a whole lot of other discussions about other things in the mm-hmm. world. So be looking forward to having him join us going forward. So that's what we got, Mark. Anything else that I uh, that I missed headline wise? Uh, no, just uh, wonder if you know what you call a priest who becomes a lawyer. Father, I don't know. Father in law. 
Oh god, I would have got to that. That was right there. I was I yeah. I had the first half. I just had to think about that one. You should have had that. That was right sitting away. right there. That'd be I mean, interesting. You just write a test to see how many of the to like check your dad joke proficiency. Yep. If you just fill if finish I, the punchline and see how yep. proficient people are that's, in doing that's that. That's sort of like the guy that uh, invented the umbrella was actually going to just call it Brella, but he hesitated. <laughs> um, Brella, uh, I get it. All right, it is uh, six twenty-four. We're going to grab our break now. Caleb's got sports, and yes, we won't make you wait any longer. Does the one-time champ Muchachos move on? Do the one steeds stay intact in Munch Madness? Can the Cheesesteak Grill get themselves to the eat eight? And what about that battle between Tina's and Nine South in the Southwest? We'll see. Maybe a, maybe a final fork run for one of those restaurants and the end of the road for another one. 624, you listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. It is. Real quick, though, before we get started, I want to remind people, coming up this weekend, Friday and Saturday, the mother of all garage sales. Oh, yes. Lancaster Event Center uh, will be happening there Friday, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday, 8A to 3P. This year, we've got over 250 booths, all of them, most of them, uh, filled with great deals uh, on all kinds of stuff, like anything you can imagine. If you're a uh, bargain hunter, if you like to find random things, uh, if you're a collector of anything, I like seriously whatever it is. I found a couple of great toys for my daughter last year. Stuff for your kids. They were still in the box type of things. It's not. It's not a, a garage sale for for everything where it's like it's. Oh, this is very very well used. There are some things that are like nobody's no. touched yeah. them. They just there's, have them. There's some brand new stuff. If you're into like sports memorabilia, there's always tons of of stuff like that. Uh, old video games. I mean, I can't even begin to list crafts, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, decorate decorative stuff, clothes, lots of clothes. My son still has a like a pullover jacket he got at the Mother of All Garage sales about six years ago. That he still wears all the time. You can get some absolute steals out yeah. there. So, so uh, two hundred fifty booths, thousands of great deals. Uh, like I said, food to crafts to antiques, one of a kind finds. You're just not going to find anywhere else. Has something for everybody. It's only three dollars admission. I'll be taking that part of Friday. By the you, way, you're going to be doing the admission at the door. I assume I'm good yeah. at math. Maria yeah. usually puts me at the front. Uh, kids ten and under attend free. So again, five to nine Friday, Saturday, eight a.m. to three p.m. It's all sponsored by Local Carpenters Union, which is now hiring. For more information, visit KLIN.com. And I'll be there at the end of the day on Saturday. So yeah, look at you us get, you'll get a chance to, to uh, see uh, many of your, your favorite KLIN and our sister stations personalities all over working the working the attend or working the uh, front door uh, marking your hand when you leave all kinds of stuff like that and we have our own booth there too so yeah we do all right wanted to make sure you knew about that let's get in to our sound off today um and we are at 21 degrees in the capital city as we get started with that 
Um, uh, well, we better get the uh, indictment stuff out of the way first, or the not indictment, or whatever it is. I'm not sure. Maybe today's the day it happens, or maybe today's the day that this whole thing ends because it's dropped. We don't really know at this point. President Trump made the insistence about a payment to adult film actress Stormy Daniels at a Texas rally Saturday. Not a crime. Not a misdemeanor. His lawyer, Joe Tacopino, on NBC's Meet the Press said this is evidence of a politically motivated case. If you're supportive of Donald Trump or detract or don't like anything about Donald Trump, mm-hmm. we should all be concerned as citizens in this country about the weaponization of, of a prosecutor's office. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg cites evidence he says is campaign finance fraud as reason for a potential first ever indictment of a former president. Gernal Scott, Fox News. All right. Um, and Trump at that Waco rally apparently said that it is his understanding. I don't know if this is the right way to say it. He said, I think, or I believe that they are dropping all of the charges. I don't know who he's hearing that from. I don't know if it's the same source that he heard that he was going to be arrested on Tuesday. So I'm not sure how much validity there is to that, but that is, that is at least what he says his belief is on the whole thing now that it's that it is going to be going away this week but i don't know i think they do actually the grand jury actually does meet today and so you may have some news coming out of that but it doesn't seem like any of the sort of the i mean at least for a week the predictions that have been made about this thing haven't come true for the most part okay uh all right this is, uh, well, I guess we should stay with the U.S. politics stuff before I go international uh, with this. Uh, now a new name, maybe uh, getting a little momentum for the 2024 GOP race for president. He's holding town halls. Is he running? Is he running? Is Chris Christie now oh, really? going to get back in things? Republican Chris Christie, a former New Jersey governor, will headline a town hall-style meeting with voters today at the New Hampshire Institute of Politics at St. Anselm College in Manchester. Christie has yet to announce he's running for the White House again, though candidates seeking the Republican nomination for the presidency often travel to New Hampshire, an early primary contest in a presidential year. Governor Christie was a 2016 candidate who dropped out early in the race to endorse then-candidate Donald Trump. He has since taken a more critical tone towards the 45th president. Eben Brown, Fox News. Um, do, do you remember at the end of Christie running in 2016 when it was pretty clear he was done, but he was still on stage for one of the, the last big debates? Yeah. And it was I think he dropped out in days after this was over. But he basically was went in there as a comp- attack dog on Marco Rubio and just like housed Rubio during that entire debate. Mm-hmm. And that that was when Rubio was kind of looked at as the main contender to try. You remember, it seems so long ago, but Rubio was kind Rubio of going to be the guy. Yeah. He looked like he was going to be the guy. And, and basically Christie just went in there and that was when he was, he was pretty well aligned with Trump at that mm-hmm. point. In fact, he was stood behind Trump uh, a few days later at a, at an event on stage, but he went in on on uh, on that. Now he seems to think that fissure between he and Trump is a lot deeper than it was prior to that. And so that would be that would be an interesting one. Would he be the if he got in? Would he be the first candidate on that side? that's a serious candidate that really is going to go after Trump. Maybe because he's, 
he seems like he would be more adept at it than yeah. DeSantis would be. Yeah, I could see that. I, I mean, they're all they're these, you know, these these East Coast guys, New Jersey, New York guys. I don't know. It just feels more natural for it, some reason. It, like, it doesn't even seem like they're going out of their way to do it. Right. It, they're uh, just like, oh, this is just this is what you do. This, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just feels more. I mean, I can't. Nikki Haley, DeSantis. I don't know. It's just hard to see them like mixing it up the way mm-hmm. Trump does. It could it can definitely be a thing that feels forced. And I right. think that's what people have gotten in trouble with in the past going against Trump where it feels forced when you try to do a slight or a jab yeah. or an attack whereas for Trump it's just like <laughs> he's been doing this in business, he made a career of it with with television. Uh, like yes. this is just uh, like, what he does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. And I think DeSantis is realizing that. Like, have you seen the tact that he kind of takes now? Now he just acts sort of like he's above uh-huh. all of it. You know, that that line, he was like, well, you know, making hush money payments to porn stars isn't really in my wheelhouse. I don't quite know. <laughs> like, I don't know. So how, sideways. I don't know how those things work, <laughs> you know. Talking about Christie, though, I just remember during 2020 when all the beaches had closed <laughs> and like his whole family was out on the beach and there were like helicopters yes. get her drone pictures oh, of God, his family right. on the beach. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, all right. We, uh, man, have you, I, I don't know how closely people are, are following what is happening this weekend in Israel, but it's probably at least worth being aware of as a major international story. Lots of unrest. We can talk more about exactly why this is happening. It's got to do with planned policy changes as it relates to Israel's judiciary. But take a listen to the to this clip and just how much unrest there is right now on the streets. Right now, police in Jerusalem are clashing with demonstrators outside of the prime minister's residence. They're using water cannons to try to move these protesters. This all comes after Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu fired his defense minister, Yoav Gallant. And these demonstrators want to make sure that the judicial reforms that are trying to be pushed through the Israeli parliament are frozen immediately. This comes as Israeli officials are concerned the demonstrations will create a fracture in Israeli society and ultimately create a security incident that could endanger the entire Jewish state. All right, so essentially what what's happening here are these proposed changes to the judiciary now it's an interesting situation in israel because they don't necessarily have a constitution they kind of kind of have a set of quasi constitutional laws which gives the supreme court actually a, a lot of a lot of power and so the the thought is by Netanyahu and people who are agreeing with him is that their Supreme Court is doesn't really represent the the people. They've overstepped their role. They are getting into uh, judicial issues that they shouldn't be messing with. That there basically should be more oversight, more of a check and balance mm-hmm. on them. And so they're pointing to like the United States and saying, "Hey, we ought to be more like them, where federal judges are appointed." And approved. Uh, we we think that the parliament should have power to uh, pass laws that were previously ruled invalid by the court, essentially overriding Supreme Court decisions. Um, it is, yeah, it's essentially an additional checks and balances on on 
what they what the supporters at least see as a, a Supreme Court with with too much power in their country. Obviously, the people there, some of the people there, are very opposed to what's happening there, and it's creating quite a chaotic scene on the streets. And so that story is, I think, developing hour by hour right now. It's so wild to see see how protests and anything is handled in different parts of the world, and especially in when when you get to anything that's closely related to Europe mm-hmm. like just just anything like the the protests you get in protests in the Middle East pro Asian yeah. protest and anything that's happening overseas compared to the United States just feels like those protests are like we're the JV level protests yeah. in the United States well yeah uh, i mean geez remember i mean what was it hong kong a few year few summers ago when that was happening and and yeah, a, a lot of that stuff. So that's something that's obviously potentially something that you want to watch closely with the level of unrest that's going on right there now. Uh, Congress talked last week in a hearing to the CEO of TikTok. And what happens next? Are they really going to go through with a ban that would maybe be really unpopular among some parts of the United States? Or is it something where they could just get involved in doing some regulation is that the easier answer on this senate intelligence committee chairman mark warner of virginia says the proposal would give the commerce department the role of assessing and acting on data threats senator warner on cbs face the nation said TikTok's ceo could not guarantee security because of one fact by chinese law that company has to be willing to turn over data to the Communist Party. The White House is also reportedly on board with the proposal. During last week's House hearing, Sho Zi Chu told the Congress TikTok's parent company ByteDance is not an agent of China or any other country. Gernal Scott, Fox okay, News. But, so here's what I don't quite understand. We've talked a lot about this. Um, I understand the concerns, but a lot of times people will will say, you know, I've I've said to people, I, I don't have, I'm not going to get TikTok on my phone. I'm, you know, I just with all of the the word about the potential uh, harvesting of data and eventually getting to the Chinese government. That's and and the response is typically, and this isn't totally wrong. They're like, dude, every app, if you have a phone, that's happening, um, which is true about data harvesting, although I think you could argue it's not being sent directly to the Chinese government right. through Apple and, and other places like that. But isn't that the real problem? Isn't that the real thing? If we if we want to really address this problem, shouldn't the United States government find a way to make sure that people aren't essentially having their data harvested unknowingly in like to ridiculous amounts and we would all maybe be surprised about how much that it's being That's harvested. What I've been isn't that how you like isn't that how you address this? Is you say, Hey, okay, you want to do business here. Um, you've got there's gotta be some consumer protections mm-hmm. for uh, and yeah, is it government regulation? Yes, but it in the in the you know, world of consumer safety and and making sure people know what's happening with all their stuff because it's so it it just happens automatically and yeah i'm sure there's a click-through menu on all of these things but does anybody really i mean is anybody really assenting to all of those things do they do they mean to do they understand what they're assenting to in these situations there's got to be a case somewhere like someone's going to make the case that 
nobody is actually reading the giant terms and conditions. So at some point in there, they're going to go, oh, you're just trying to hide stuff in terms of conditions. So none of this, is, like all of this is void. Right. Like there, that case is probably going to come at some point, even though like we've all clicked agree. Right. Yeah. But, but at some point, especially with, with what you're doing online, I have a hard time, but that's, I mean, you're saying what I've been saying the whole time is TikTok's not doing anything different than Facebook or Meta is doing or Google's doing other than Chinese government. The difference is yeah. being a Chinese company, the Chinese government yeah. has supposedly, as the argument goes, has right. uh, unfettered access to this stuff. Now, for for Congress to try to legislate against the United, like U.S.-owned companies from doing this, I think they're going to have a hard time because there's going to be so much lobbying money. Yeah. Because the reason that these companies harvest your data is so that they can sell it to somebody that wants to wants to pay for it, yeah. knowing that they're going to get an ROI by on, on having that having that data. Yeah. So that's a bunch of money from the companies that are harvesting it to the companies that are buying it. Right. Right. You they, are. The, they don't we, want anything to change. We are the product. Yes. <laughs> for these companies yes in the in the end run that we are the money-making entity for these for these companies uh all right this is this is kind of interesting here if you're uh if you're up at night and you happen to have binoculars around this week, uh, look to the skies. You're going to see something very unique in terms of planetary alignment. Lots of people around the world will get a chance to see five planets parade together across the night sky over the next several days. And you won't even need a telescope, although binoculars will help. Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter and Uranus are gathered on the same side of the sun and can be seen beside the crescent moon. Your best day to see the parade is Tuesday. Day, just after sunset. Mm. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. All right, set an alarm on your phone, get your binocs out, and check out the planets. Very cool. Uh, this is this is interesting. So if you can't get enough of winter activities and the the extended winter, you, you know, you got that snow Sunday morning and you loved it, and and you're like, where can I go? I I know spring's coming. Where can I go to get away from the oncoming spring and eventually summer? I've got an answer for you, and it might surprise you. Go to California. Here's why. Several ski resorts in the Golden State have announced they've received so much snow that they plan to stay open through at least the first part of summer. Mm -hmm. Mammoth Mountain, a popular four-season resort located in the eastern Sierra Mountains, announced this week it will be open for skiing at least till the end of July. Similarly, Palisades Tahoe announced it would continue to operate the alpine portion of the resort until the July 4th weekend. California has faced dramatic weather conditions in the past weeks, including powerful atmospheric river storms that have brought a huge amount of rain and snow after a years-long historic mega drought. Ted Linder, Fox News. How about a 4th of July on the slopes? I was going to say, you'll be gone. Uh, yes, I'll be but gone. But that doesn't sound bad, right? Maybe not. It does now, but maybe not by the time July rolls around. Well, it might sound. I remember, if you've ever been up in, in the mountains in Colorado, you probably experienced that thing where you find you'll you'll go hiking in some of the mountains and they'll have a, a big snow pile that's still existing in July or August, like we went to, we went to Breckenridge a few years ago, and it was at the end of July, and they like saved all the snow and made one giant mountain, and so there was one mountain of snow that I don't think ever melted the entire, 
the entire year round. He could <laughs> like, climb when we, up. like when we had the snow pile in a parking lot yes. on the other side of town. Yes, but this actually let, and you could go on top of it. You could throw snowballs <laughs> when you're wearing shorts and short sleeve shirts. This takes that to a completely, completely different level, though. And we'll finish off with this, the weekend box office. What were people seeing at the theaters this weekend? Keanu Reeves' latest, John Wick 4, was tops of the box office in a big way on its opening weekend. I'm going to need a gun. The opening was the franchise's best to date as the movie earned $73.5 million at the box office, the second best opening this year, trailing only Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which made $106 million in its first week. And speaking of superheroes... The wizard gave me superpowers. Shazam! Shazam! A Fury of the Gods fell sharply in its second week, earning $9.7 million, down nearly 70% from its $30 million opening weekend. Scream 6 earned $8.4 million in its third week, while Creed 3 took an $8.36 million in its fourth week. Kevin Uretzky, Fox News. Superheroes and sequels. That's what it's all about. I've never seen office. a single John Wick movie. Oh, really? Not that a single surprises one of them. Me. I mean, I obviously haven't, but I figured you had. I, I mean, I'm interested. I have nothing against them. I really enjoy Keanu Reeves. Just it's never come up where I'm watching it. There it is. Sequels and superhero. Get ready for more of that the same formula coming up this summer, I have a guess. I think those are they're probably already announced, but that just feels like what everything is. Goonies too? That would be good. I would love to see what now, the crew is up to. Now these now days. that the uh the, the guy won an Oscar who played Data. Uh oh really? I that's, didn't know that's that. that guy. From, from everything everywhere all at once. Really? That's that guy. What? Yes. Uh, I had no idea. Because he was in Goonies and he was in... Um, oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, he was in another one of those movies that time. Uh, that Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, that's right. No, I didn't know that. Huh. <laughs> cool. All right, 656. They should bring him back. Wasn't uh, Rudy in that one, too? The guy who played Rudy? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was. I think he was in it, too. All right, it's 656. I'm going to look that up now. Now, now K- you really want this. Selling <laughs> K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings, welcome in, LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us on this fine Monday morning, chilly Monday morning, 21 degrees right now in the capital city. And boy, we are, uh, I I was just talking earlier about how we are a week and a day from the primary election in the capital city. So mayor, city council, uh, we'll pair those races down where there are enough candidates to have the races pared down to two people. Uh, 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 one thing that's been notable to me, and maybe this isn't a, a surprise at all uh, to this, you know, kind of read the tea leaves and you saw where this is going. But the, the, the thing that I've noticed is this in, in this mayor's race this year, and I think I've um, been doing the show during what, during uh, what, five mayor's races, four mayor's races. Um, back to the original, I was a um, debate moderator for the original original Beitler versus Swoboda. 
uh, debate way back. We did over at the Lincoln Community Playhouse. That's going back a ways. Um, and so there's there's been a handful of these. And public safety is always an issue, but I've really noticed that it is become actually for for both candidates like the primary not both all candidates i shouldn't say both uh all candidates for mayor really and especially um geist and, and larry and gaylor baird i've noticed because they're the ones who have been spending the money on mailers and advertising and and those sorts of things but it has been really the almost singular issue in this mayor's race, at least from the, like, just sort of, not not necessarily what everybody cares about, everybody right. cares about different things, but in terms of the way that they're posturing and, and the selling the candidates, it. it is about bad for public safety, specifically, I think, when it comes to crime um, and, and the way that the police department is managed, um, and then management of fire department and again you think of city government and obviously that's in a lot of cases that's the first thing you think about and it feels like in other mayors races it's been a lot more at least the messaging has been a lot more kind of about friendliness to business and Mm -hmm. ease of use of city services and maybe some more of kind of the the more hot button topics that you see in national politics as well, even beyond that. And those are certainly out there and those may be coming up more and and there may be individuals who are voting who are voting based on those things as much as anything. This is my first mayoral race. Is that right? Since since I moved here. Yeah. Because it would have been because I got here in October of 2019. So I would have missed the spring. Right. But but yeah, it seems like there are public... Public safety should absolutely be one of the topics. Right. But also, you know, roads. Right. What, Things like, yeah, those. What, roads, I haven't heard a ton. I it, just. Just I overall infrastructure. What what are, what what can the, the mayor do on what you have for amenities in the city? How How is that mayor working or going to work with the different organizations across the city, whether that's Visit Lincoln, whether that's LEBA, what, like all of these different things. Right. I'm so much more interested in the whole, but you're right. It is this one singular topic that is really dominating the way both candidates are presenting themselves. Well, during most of the Beitler era, you know what it, you know what the issue was that you just don't hear. At, it feels like you don't hear as much about, and I th- I think I know why. But it was all about property tax rate. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it felt like. It came back to a lot, and that's what a lot of those debates and and discussions we're about um and you know i you know maybe and maybe my memory is clouded a a little bit over the year because when when andy stebbing ran against uh chris beitler he was uh, of course former law enforcement and i know he he talked a great deal too about about public safety and police and that was a primary part of that campaign so i know i know it's always there it just struck me this year how much it feels like the most singular focus from Mm -hmm. the campaigns themselves yeah um and i and i think especially especially for the way that that uh geist or at least people on her behalf are are making critiques of mm-hmm. uh the incumbent in this race Mary and garrett and garrett i think we Bay. should we should we should add here that 
I have heard both candidates. I've uh, well, both just between these two, and I know Stan Parker's running as well. Um, but between Geiston and Gaylor Baird, I have heard both of them talk about things other than public safety. Hundred percent. Yeah, they, they'll, they'll mention I'm not it here. Really like, I remember there, there was a TV ad, and I heard guys talk about uh, one of the things that stood out to me was making Lincoln a more affordable place to live, and I was like, "How would you do that?" Because that that's something that. I deeply care about making this this place more affordable to live. That's mm-hmm. very personal to me. But the overall branding coming from both camps is how public safety is working or isn't working. Right. And, I mean, I think there are two components to that, too. I think there's kind of the administrative stuff, especially as it pertains to the police department and what's been happening there for the last few years. The police union, of course, making their endorsement the the lawsuits all of the things you know just there's there's a whole mess of like internal stuff and i think i don't know how widely that is followed or known i think the more widely appealing part of that whole equation is just the idea of is it safe right Mm -hmm. is it is it is crime an issue or is crime not an issue where i live where you live and it is kind of striking because you talk to two different people right now in in Lincoln about that specific issue about how safe or how dangerous mm-hmm. or how low or high crime is and you will get completely different answers i don't know if it's depending on just the perspective of the person the political persuasion which criminal activity that they're focusing on mm-hmm. but you can get widely different pictures of what's happening in terms of crime increase decrease how much more prevalent it is than it was Four years ago, or ten years ago, yeah. or something like that. Well, which uh, is all. Which is been. I'll hear things said, and I'll be like, "Wow, I didn't know. I didn't know that there were people that that were feeling that way about the city right now." But there obviously are. A lot of that can also be attributed to what, like, where do you live? There are obviously some places that are that have more crimes committed than other places. It can be attributed to. What you watch or listen to. Right. Like, there, there are so many different ways that can come into, if somebody never listens to news or never listens to talk shows, and they just kind of go about their day, they might not know increase in this, this, or this, or decrease in this or that. Right. Yeah. But but wherever they live, they might go, oh, yeah, that's that seems like it could be kind of high, or it's not as high. But the, the way our memories always go, it's always worse now than it was Five years ago, well, ten years ago, right? The other thing is you had a year where there were a significant amount of homicides Yeah, a year ago, yeah. which is front and center in the news and something, obviously, that's the, I guess that's kind of the ultimate in terms of worrying about or not worrying about safety. That does that is, carry I mean, a lot more weight than the other ultimate, statistics. And, um, and last year was, was not a good year for the city when it comes to that. Uh, when it comes to... Car break-ins and car thefts, whew, like way, like way high compared to where it's been. My wife's car's been rifled past. through a couple of times. Yeah, it's that is that is way high compared to where it is in the past. But you look at other violent crimes, and those are down. Um, the ones that are are happening more frequently, you know, assault and and those sorts of things, mm-hmm. those are down. And so it kind of is a. It kind of is a mixed picture depending on what what you're focusing on here, and I think that's what's what's happening with this debate in the city right now. If you 
I mean, if you like the current situation, crime stats look pretty good. If you don't, they look pretty bad. Right. It comes down to so much on which one or which type of crimes you you focus on, um, which then that that can determine for you that public safety is working or public safety is not working. So that's how you're going to see both mayoral candidates frame it on, well, overall, there's these things that are down or, well, these things are up and these are the ones, the, the violent crime, this is what you should be looking at because the homicides were up, uh, the break-ins, and those are the things that make this a less safe place to live than four years ago, eight years ago, whatever. With all of this, I, like you have to look at the whole and there are things that are going to make you feel worse about it because of how they've gone, but other things that's like, okay, that doesn't yeah, make don't, it feel as bad. It doesn't, I mean, looking at the numbers, it doesn't seem like it fits anybody's narrative no, very well. No, it doesn't. There, the, there are things not going well, and there are things that seem like they're trending in the right yeah. direction, you know? When it comes to that issue, right. specifically. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's that's very true. So, But we're uh, not here for rational takes, Jack. No. It's all one way or the I other. I suppose not. I, I suppose not. And we are still early, too, a little bit in, in the game, because I think when you look at the way that the candidates, um, and, and especially the, how the current mayor and her campaign have, uh, have spent the funds that they've got available, mm-hmm. they're, they're, and, and you, I think you understand strategically why she would do this, but I think they're waiting for the next month. Yeah. Um, because in theory, in theory, is that, since you have two Republicans in the primary, one of them will advance and one of them won't mm-hmm. would be the, would be the theory for the next, next week. And we'll likely, cause Democrats are probably going to vote for the, for the Democrat incumbent at that point. Yeah. And while I, and I think it'll be a tight race in the general, but it probably wouldn't, won't be an elimination. And so strategy wise, I said that on purpose, uh, you, you, you probably save the big bucks whatever you've got when you know who your opponent is and you're in a, you know, and and you're in a race where it's one-on-one at that point. And I think that's kind of what's happening with this whole thing. But that, that vote is coming up a week from Tuesday and you can, uh, you can vote early now if you want to, uh, but it's coming up on Tuesday and just glancing up over the, uh, I was just going to glance over the, the ballot here to see if we could, because uh, there's more bit. than the mayoral race, right? Happening, yeah. And they have, and and I guess it depends. It's got to, it's got to put up. It's got to go. Uh, um, it's got to give me depending on where you where you live here. Oh, what it uh, like. yeah. and, and what it's going to look like in which city council race that that you've got. But yeah, that's uh, you're going to have all those narrowed down to to two people in cases where there are more than more than two that are out there. Just right listen now. to the breaks so. here on KLIN throughout the day. You'll hear who's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that is exactly right. All right, we've got 20 degrees in the capital city right now. Going to grab a break. Caleb's got to check sports, and we've got Munch of Madness updates as well. Two more restaurants are headed to the Eat 8. One of them maybe, maybe a defending champ moving on. Another chance at uh, getting another title with Muchachos. We'll find out how they did next. You're listening to KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. I am. All right, let's get things started today with number five. We talked about it quite a bit last week after uh, the city council uh, held a hearing on the annexation of uh, quite a bit of land, 445 acres or so from South 70th to 84th and Yankee Hill uh, up to Pine Lake. 
uh, expect to be taken up this afternoon by the city council, and looks like it'll probably pass. Um, still have some property owners in that area who they don't want to see it happen for various reasons. Um, some of the things that we even discussed had to do with regulations on swimming pools and 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 some of the other things that come in when you make a plot of land like that part of the city. It is interesting, though. We talked about this, too. You look at the city map, and it's it's kind of an island. Uh, an island that's not Lincoln, with Lincoln surrounding it in all directions, at least for a little bit a little bit of that, yeah. even quite a quite a ways to the south beyond that. There's, uh, there's, I was surprised how far that map's extended, actually. Yeah, there's quite a few issues that uh, people are going to be faced with if it is annexed. Uh, we spoke with Councilman Richard McGinnis uh, late last week. I had that uh, those stories on Friday. Uh, anyone within 300 feet of uh, city sewer at that point are going to be forced to hook up to city sewer at their own expense, plus pay an impact fee. Uh, things out there, I mean, they're bigger lots. Uh, you know, a lot of them are acre or more, and they've got some livestock. Livestock will be grandfathered in, but they won't be able to have barbed wire fences or electric oh. fences. No open burning that they can now do. So maybe yard waste, things like that. That's going to be out. I can see why some people, they some of those things they've been able to do, they won't be able to. And, I can and, see and, why you And most of them have a well and a septic system, so those that are within 300 feet have to hook up to the a sewer system at a fairly ex- you know, it's a fairly expensive, and if you got a well, uh, you got to have it inspected annually by the health department. I guess a, with a hundred and sixty-five dollar fee. I guess though, the other question is like, can you exist as the city continues to grow south, which it is definitely going to? Uh, can you continue to be an island in the middle of a city that isn't the city? It'll become more of an island the way that this, you know, the, now things are expanding to the south. New school, new South Beltway. There's going to be a whole lot more development there. I assume eventually you're going to have more more of that area that ends up being annexed and added to the city. Um, how long can you how long can you be an island within Lincoln? As long as people will leave you alone. I guess so. I mean, I lived in an unincorporated part of Platte County, Missouri, for 18 years. We were surrounded by Kansas City Metro and Parkville. And they just left us alone. We had lower sales tax on major issues because it was the county level. I mean, we bought a vehicle or a major appliance. You know, there were things like that. We had city services that we paid for. Um, we contracted with uh, Parkville for snow removal for our neighborhood. I mean, hmm. it just it, you can do it. And I want my I want my I want to make my house its own city, Jackville. <laughs> Well, you'll have to secede. You're just making me think of uh, Pretoria from Family Guy. <laughs> but then, does that mean I can't use this? I have to disconnect the sewers and dig my own well or something like that, too? No, no you would. Do it, I have to? It, probably, yeah. You'd have to come up with First your thing I'm doing is building a swimming pool without a fence. That's for sure. <laughs> and getting livestock, obviously. Big barbed wire yeah, I mean, fence. I mean, who knows? You may just take up residence at your one of your summer homes. That's true. Mark, no, you said I, it was a hundred sixty-five dollars to get their well inspected each year. Every year, every yeah. year. Yeah. I liked growing up on well water. So did I. I didn't have well water, but grandparents did, and it was so much better. Our uh, that was one of the reasons we really liked going out and playing our uh, playing our baseball games at the Legion Field because it was it, had, it was well water. Cold. It was oh. the best water in town. Yeah. Great. Out of a out of a hand. Did they have a hand pump or was it? I my, just, my grandparents actually had a hand pump on a well. Really? 
outside. I, it was hooked up to our water fountains in the dugout. Okay, so you you had a water system. So yeah, it was. It's great. Sounds delicious. <laughs> I really liked it when number you, four. Oh, sorry, I liked I liked it when you could get it out of a hose. That was even better. Number four. Sorry, I just don't. I I can't. I don't have any. I don't have any. No ye old memories. I don't have any experience. Oh, we could with we could arrange that. <laughs> Westbound Highway Two at Nebraska Parkway, 120th Street, going to be closed a little later this morning. Putting up some overhead signs for two overpasses along the Beltway. In addition, some other miscellaneous work. Uh, so anyway, we'll be back to semis today on Nebraska hey, Parkway. It's like turn back the clock day to turn back the clock six months. Yeah. Well, not quite. It was what? When was it? When did we, this? It was, was December, it? wasn't it? Late November, early, de- this, early yeah, December. December. Yeah, December. So, yeah. yeah we're coming up on. It's like the olden days when all we had. Hey, kids, you won't remember this, <laughs> but we didn't always have this South Beltway. And today, you'll get to experience. See all these semis around? This used to be every day in Lincoln, but not anymore. We now have the futuristic. South Beltway to take them off of here and this is just a little bit of a throwback. Wear your favorite uh, I would say wear your favorite October 2022 gear, okay? You know, whatever. Play some some of the the hits that were on the Billboard charts way back in October 2022. Yeah, now just it's not going to be quite as many trucks because eastbound stays open. It's just going to be westbound. It's a halfway throwback day. Yeah. Got it. So that's that's good. Well, we can all remember the olden days all together, can't we? <laughs> Number three. Many Nebraskans still seething, uh, seething over then Governor Pete Ricketts' rejection last year of $120 million in emergency rental aid the federal government had set aside for the state's 91 smaller and rural counties. Uh, critics taking another stab at tapping what's left. Uh, there's about $48 million, and the question is, will Governor Pillen... Go for it. Some people think he may have a little different view on this. The uh, stories in the Nebraska exam. Yeah, I, I saw that in uh, Senator John Kavanaugh had a bill that, and I'm not sure, totally sure how this works, but it would actually require the governor to seek the release of those funds that are waiting for Nebraska. But it sounds like when he talks about it, it sounds like he's somewhat optimistic that the governor is going to do it on his own accord here at this point. And... So I I don't know it it would be a different stance than uh, it would be a different stance than Ricketts would have taken on this. Yeah, I'd say Pillen probably has a little more connection to the rural counties than the governor did. I mean, the governor was a big proponent of everything in the state, uh, Governor uh, Ricketts, but Pillen grew up in a much smaller area, and you know, yeah, much more. I, I don't want. I just see a. a tighter connection with rural areas. I think that was one of the questions people had when when Pillen took over, though, was how much would necessarily be different than his predecessor? Because you knew going through, through uh, through the election cycle... You saw a lot more of Pete Ricketts, at least on the on the advertising, the the face that was out in front of everything, than you did Jim Pillen. So the question was there: Are you just going to get Pete Ricketts 2.0? Right, and I think I assumed that a little too much. Yeah, you're um, not getting Ricketts 2.0. No, I don't. I don't it, I, no. it definitely hasn't. I mean, of course, there's tons of policy issues they still agree on. I'm not saying they're completely policy divergent, but but we're already in a seeing whole lot of other ways. From the way that it's run, from the way it's often offices run, from the way, you know, 
issues like this one. Well, um, his approach to education, is, educa- is, the is education really whole issue, huge. I mean, there's, it's, uh, yeah, it's. I think it's been, and, and shame on me, but, but it's been a little surprising because I, I thought it would feel a lot, lot more similar than it actually does to the previous administration. All I know is that when you watch the news conferences, more likely than not, there's no tie. That's true. I appreciate that. I'm against ties too. Who am I? <laughs> Number two. New state law in Utah requires kids to get parental consent before logging onto social media or downloading apps. They also requires age verification for social media apps and bans children under 18 from using social media between 10.30 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. Ooh. How? How exactly is that going to happen? Uh, that's interesting. There are some other states that have done this or something like this, not necessarily the exact same bill that Utah would do, but... I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I don't either. I, I just, I think. But here's the thing: I think in a in a ton of the cases, parents are okay with it already, and so this wouldn't change it really. Because if the parent doesn't, the parent doesn't have a problem with it, they just have to give consent. I mean, they already, in most, in a lot of cases, at least, are giving kind of tacit consent or actual consent at this point. Yeah, there, there's a couple ways. One, I, I I'm wondering exactly how because you can when you log on to said social media can't you just put in an older birth date yeah I, I, I don't know if that would work around it and then the other part if that doesn't is it just attached to then the parents social media to where when when the kid logs in, it puts a notification on the parents. They have to approve them well, going on. How much is the infrastructure of these things going to be changed by the state of Utah? Probably. That's the question with all of these things. In theory, they may be good ideas, but do they have any sort of way to you know, enforce them or make it more possible to actually happen? Right. That isn't going to be just driven right around every single time. Yeah, that's the big question with these laws. I and think I, that's so difficult, especially when you look over the last twenty plus years, thirty plus years, internet usage. What what kind of restrictions can you effectively put in place <laughs> for people under eighteen? I think we ought to go back and just force them to use dial up at twelve hundred baud if you're under eighteen. There we go. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you get can, off the internet. I'm you, expecting a phone call. You can have an Insta account if you go through the home phone line. And and uh, <laughs> and if you're an A student, you get 9600 baud. If you're a B student, you get. And if you're yeah. a, a D student, you get 1200. And you know baud. what? Bring back LimeWire while we're at it. Yeah. If you <laughs> want to listen, do it to like music. we did in the olden days when we downloaded all our music illegally <laughs> instead of. Instead of paying for subscriptions, Napster 2.0. Yeah, that it was Napster, and then it was LimeWire. If you want to talk to your friends, none of this texting, none of this TikTok. I want you on MSN Messenger. Yeah, I want AOL Instant Messenger. I want to hear some doors <laughs> opening and closing. <laughs> You've got me. Oh god, AOL Instant <laughs> Messenger. That was it just reminds me. The sounds already just remind me of college. To to hear all those again. But in all, back to the issue at hand specifically. I am, I, I have been generally, like, our policy in our house, at bare minimum, is that you, you're you never using any social media platform where you're younger than the actual terms of service dictate you can be. 
I mean, that's the that's the floor. And I'm not saying you get to for sure after that. I'm just surprised how many people have kids that I think they know are on social on on some of these social media apps before they hit whatever the age is yeah. associated with that social media app, and parents are cool with that. That I like, I, and maybe they aren't, or maybe they don't know, but I think they know. Mm-hmm. You, that's what surprises me. I think a whole lot, and then like. And then kids who are super young who have cell phones, like super young. I think, but. so I would have been one of the the younger generations getting on social media, and I don't think I had, I think I had maybe a MySpace in junior high. Okay. I didn't, I had Facebook. So one, about age 13. Yeah, 14, somewhere in 13, 14. I got Facebook when I was like 15 or 16. And then I don't think I had Twitter till I was maybe twenty twenty one. Yeah, no, kids don't want Twitter. Right, right. Yeah. But, but <laughs> the, well, maybe. Well, and then, and then Instagram's too new. In- I was, and by I was the way, 20s. Instagram. I had to look. The age limit is thirteen, according. But it does say in some jurisdictions this age limit may be higher. So apparently they've got some flexibility to change that. But how do you enforce it? Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that that's what it always comes back. It's not going to be enforced, right? Can't be. Yeah. All Just, right. Uh, you know, like sports bag drive across the state line. Let's see. I just want to look. Are they all 13? Like, okay, what's a TikTok? Is there an A? TikTok says 13 plus. Uh, Snapchat is also 13. I think that's just the industry standard. Seem, and I know Facebook, no kid no kid wants on Facebook now, but I think that was 13. Right, that, that, that was the thing. Yeah, that used, that was 10 years ago. That was the thing is kids wait until they were 13. They could get on Facebook or supposedly. Waited until they were 13. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a thing anymore at all. Uh, all right. Oh, yeah. We got one more to go. Let's finish it. Number one. Darian Trammell uh, converted a go-ahead free throw after he was fouled on a floater. 1.2 seconds left, and San Diego State uh, in the final four, first ever, grinding out a 57-56 victory over Creighton. South Region final. Creighton's players and coach Greg McDermott blamed themselves, not the officials. Hey, how about that? That's refreshing. I'm tired of people who complain about refs <laughs> all the time. I think that's I think that's correct, too. They went 2 of 17 from downtown. If you go 3 of 17, is that enough that you win? The, I hate that argument. I, I, know, I know, I know, I know. It's a bad it's, call. It's a bad call. It changed the game. Yeah. If it was a good call, it was a good call, and it was made. It's one or the other. Yeah, it, and like we talked about earlier, there's the there's the what question are you asking yourself at the end of the game. It's If the question is, was it a foul? Yes. It's should the foul have been called for whatever reason? There are multiple ways that you say no on that. You say no because the ref should be swallowing their whistle at the time, which I don't always agree with. I say no because that's not the way the, the game was called for the first 39, 50, 39 minutes, 50-whatever seconds. Yeah. I, um, I also think Creighton played the last 15 seconds wrong. Oh, they, they had a foul to give. They had give. a foul to give. They waited till there was like seven seconds yeah. and gave the foul. And they gave the foul there, which then meant one San Diego State could run it all the way down. They didn't have to take a shot with like three seconds left. Mm-hmm. Two, if, Nebra- or if Nebraska. Oh, because uh, it reset the shot clock? It reset the shot clock. Oh, if yeah, Creighton that- doesn't burn that foul at that point, because at that point. There was like a three second difference. Yeah, San Diego State was not going towards the rim. You wait until San Diego State starts to attack, yeah, and then use that foul where there's 
three seconds left. Now San Diego State is in a catch and shoot instead of six, seven seconds left where they can get the ball, have a guy find space, and attack off the dribble. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't actually thought of that, but... And I saw a lot of people at the time saying that, saying they didn't like that foul being given, and then you watched how it all played out. It got so crazy after that that I had kind of forgotten about that part of it. But, you know, uh, it would have been very cool to see my former co-host do play-by-play for the Final Four. That would have been awesome. That would have been very cool. And and some of my other friends, uh, I, I believe it or not, I am close to some people who are Creighton fans or associated with them. I feel bad for them. There's a lot of people on social media that I don't know that I don't feel bad for at all. <laughs> Leave it at that. Leave it at that. All right. It's 7.55. That's <laughs> it for your morning drive. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. Glad to have you back with us. Monday morning edition of LNK Today with Jack and Friends. I had to check myself and make sure it was right when I gave you that temperature there. Between weather and traffic, 16 degrees. Feels like 11 with the slight wind out of the West Factored. And are you kidding me? (laughs) My goodness. I think we will get out of the 30s today. We are supposed to pop up to maybe 41 or 42 and at least get some sunny skies, which we're seeing already. But every time I think Lincoln has had their last day, and I'm not even asking for a lot here, every time I think Lincoln has seen its last day with a high in the 40s, whoops, in the 40s, I... (laughs) Sorry, wrong button over here. That was on me. (laughs) Caleb's going to cough and he turns my mic off. (laughs) Every time I think I see the last day of the high in the 40s, another one pops up on the forecast. There's one now one as far out as April 4th, Tuesday, April 4th. A high in the 40s. <laughs> when will they be gone? Like, it's it's got to happen at some point. I would think we're not going to be doing this in July. But talk about a crawl to actually getting to even normal temperatures regularly. It's been, it's been weeks. So I think you were right in, in one aspect when the further we got into November and December and you're we're chopping off weeks of winter. Well, you were right about the chopping off, but but we were but we're chopping off are the them. heads of a hydra because every they time we back. we chop yeah. off one forty degree, the another one repl- takes its yeah. place. Two Listen, more take its place. Yeah, I'm glad we are where we are in the calendar, but my optimism <laughs> at parts of this winter looks very silly right now, especially in in uh, mid to late February when things seem to be looking good, and it's like, oh, we'll get to March and. 
everything's good pretty much in March. No, stupid. It's definitely not. Well, when we... Uh, def- you're going to have snow in the, the last week of March. Earlier in the show on the Rick Stein Recognition text line, Dakota told us, happy Jack was wrong about the weather day yes, again. Yes, thank you, Dakota. It's 16. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And uh, and right now, yeah, three more, at least three more days here where uh, highs look like they're going to be in the uh, in the 40s. I'm trying to find I'm trying to find that definite spot. This has yeah, this now says the 4th and the 5th. April 4th and 5th both in the 40s. I don't know if that's going to hold up. That certainly could change, but I'm trying to sort of find a spot where it looks like it like as Dr. Dewey says, the the switch flips and it's still not there. It just is not there on any of the extended forecasts. We are now out looking at them into the first third of April, and I still don't see it. And I I keep thinking, you know, it's funny because we had Dr. Dewey on at the beginning of the month of March, and he had kind of a, he said, you know, things are kind of getting better. This may be sort of the end of of this whole thing. And then we, we didn't, we didn't, and then it just didn't happen. It got worse and worse. It kept getting worse. And I kept thinking, man, I wish I had a chance to talk to Dr. Chance to talk to Dr. Dewey about this thing. Uh, and it turns out it looks like I'm probably going to get a chance to talk to him while it's still going on because this is going now into April and we visit with him once every month. So yeah, there is there is some positivity in there too. There are some good. We got a seventy in the seventies uh, in the on Thursday, seventies on Sunday, April too. So at least we're going to get some of that mixed in with the whole thing. But I don't know. I feel bad because I'm talking about it so much, but. And and maybe I'm the only one, but I am just like, I don't know. How do you? Is this bothering you as much as it is me? Am I am I just completely out on a limb on this thing? That this is just, I just despondently look at the forecast every day. I don't. I'm not to the age yet where I'm looking at the forecast. I don't think <laughs> the age. Well, there's there's an age you get it's, to where where one of your favorite channels becomes the weather. Channel. It's not about like. <laughs> Uh, it's not about like you know the the crops or anything or something. It's just about no my I, emotional need. I've now. watched men go through go through the process, the transition of I becoming I weather channel guys. Too. Like I still don't have a rain gauge, but I'm interested in the temperature. See, see that's the thing. You're, you're the transition is still happening for you. Yeah, I guess. Um, so. It's not government. It's not a government funded transition, but you're you're still getting there. Wow. Um, we got to keep it a little political. Yeah, uh, but. I do from time to time check it. My wife probably checks it more than I do just because she has a husky and so she's she tends to be outside with him more. I'm I'll check it more probably in a month once we get closer I'm to just, actual summer, but I do I want it warmer. I'm like, not checking I, it either for some specific activity necessarily. You're just, just checking just it just obsessed to, with this weather, getting out of these days that feel cold. And depressing. Just checking it just to check yes, it? Yes, 100%. Interesting. I'll admit it. It's not because of any specific outdoor. I mean, like everyone, I want a, a weekend that's nice the entire time. Yeah. And I don't mean nice, meaning 48 and sunny. I mean 73 and sunny. I mean, we. what was it, uh, last week or not too long ago, we went to the Holmes Lake Park, us and apparently 10,000 of our best friends yeah, it was a nice day, so everybody oh, yeah. was there. Yeah, the, we used to hit that all the time. Uh, dog run was just 
overran. People were creating their own parking spaces all over that thing. <laughs> but anyway. They're par- parking on the side of 70th. Yes. No, I mean, seriously. Uh, a long way of telling you, though, we're going to do our part to try and, and maybe you don't want me to do anything anymore about this, but too bad. Uh, we are going to try and... We're going to try and do it on Friday for Request Line Friday. We are we are going with your nice weather songs, right? You're you're sitting outside whatever that means to you. Sitting outside, windows are down. We're br- trying to usher in and it's going to be 72, 75 the day before. Um yeah, so we'll be, be feeling it'll it'll be a little cloudy, but we'll kind of be coming off that day. Uh and it's supposed to be mid 60s on Friday. So we might be kind of in that mood, but we're going to try to best our usher, try our best to usher that in. So whatever that that means to you, that sort of the weather is good. This is the music I have to hear for the first time when I feel like that is actually happening. And you can request those now on the Rickstein Recognition Text Line four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred, and we will play them on Friday. What are we getting? Are we, are we getting a lot of cruising music? Are we getting a lot of yacht rock? Uh, well, probably a beach, you know, the kind of the standard beach fair, I would yeah. think your, your Jimmy Buffett, your Bob Marley, that kind of stuff. You'll get some of that. You'll probably have some, uh, the spring instrumental from Mark Vale. Uh, those, those are we'll still see. good. It'll be, uh, it'll, it'll be fascinating to see where everybody goes with this one, but it's been a while since we had a theme. So, uh, we want to do that. Uh, real quick on Munch Madness, we haven't hit the results much yet. Uh, as Caleb just announced, congratulations to our newest members of the Eat Eight. Congratulations to Muchachos and to Tina's Cafe. They both advance Muchachos over Cheese Steak Grill, who put up a heck of a fight in that one. <laughs> Single digit. Single digit votes decided that one. And Tina's knocks out nine south. Chargrill. So half of the Eat Eight is now set. In the Northwest, you've got Laszlo's and you've got Legendary Red Rooster. We'll battle it out. And then you've got Tina's and Muchachos that will battle it out. So we're starting to get a good idea of what this final fork is going to look like. And it, it, it's going to be fascinating because as it stands right now, there is still a chance that we get straight chalk one seeds. In the final fork. Yeah. With all of the critique over the years of the seedings and the level of inaccuracy, it might be a little bit wildly vindicating for the (laughs) seeders to have all of the number ones go through and show that they were correctly seated at number one. Now, what there, has there's to, a lot in the way of yeah, that. That's fair. That's fair enough. The the northeast is next. And that'll be the one seed, which is Isles Pub and Pizza, and they go against Honest Abe's. So yeah, that's a that's a tough one right off the bat. And then Berea Boss versus Halia in the second Northeast matchup. Those are both up for voting right now at KLIN.com on your uh, Munch Madness bracket, brought to you by Lincoln Mattress and Furniture Company. And then the Southeast, you have the other one seed, Norm's on 48th. Still very much alive. Uh-huh. Taking on Ramos Busters, and the winner of that matchup will face the winner of Venue and Penelope's. I yeah, I think the Northeast. What has the what? What number one is the toughest battle here? I I, I think 
first of all, the 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 ones on the right half of the the bracket, obviously because there's two matches left for them instead of just one to get to the final fork. But it's probably Isles. I think they probably have the toughest road as a number one to get there. I would agree with that because right now you've got Honest Abe's, you've got a uh, what 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 are we what are we calling pre modern era? Uh, pre modern era, just, just BME before the modern era. Sure, yeah. On, Honest Abe's is a they're a former Munch Madness champion. No, they're, they're not. They're not. I They've thought you never, said they, I thought you said they had won. HF Crave did. HF Crave. Okay, so Honest Abe's. Honest Abe's is always underperformed in Munch Madness. And they, it's always been a mystery to me. But they're they're still. <laughs> There's still someone to to be reckoned with. And then on the other side of that in the Northeast, you've got Hell Yeah, who's been to the championship. Mm-hmm. They they fell a couple of years, or fell last year. And Berea Boss, who as a 14 seed is just taking down everybody. Mm-hmm. And that might stand in Isle's way, in the same way that in the Northwest, you've got Red Rooster, a 15, standing in Laszlo's yep. way. Yeah. And the, the journey for Norm's on 48th. Uh, also not an easy one. They'll, they'll take on Ramos Busters first. I think they're the favorite in that one, although Ramos Busters has had a very good run. They're a four seed. And then they'll take on the winner of uh, the winner of that. will take on winner, as I said, of Venue versus Penelope's. I mean, at this point, at Look this at point, Chalky Southeast, the one, two, three, and four. I see, I see Norm's on 48. I see the two defending champions, the back-to-back. I, I think both of them are going to make it. Muchachos was tested last week. They got through Cheesesteak Grill. It may show that they're not unbeatable here at this point, but I like both of those. I just don't know what Legendary Red Rooster is going to do. Are they? I mean, are they really coming in to win this whole thing? Is that is Soresco taking the whole thing, taking a page out of Norms on Forty Eighth, or will literally Norms on Forty Eighth be the one that stops them from doing that? Okay, so. Obviously, on the left side of the bracket, you've only got one match to get to the final fork. And on the right side, you've got two. If you had to pick today, looking at what's still to come, when we get to Friday, who are the final forks matchups now, that are going to be voted on? I haven't seen or I don't remember all of the vote totals. Um, and so that's a little helpful, I think, probably in knowing what's or guessing what's going to happen here. I think... Man, I, I don't know. I think Legendary Red Rooster just has such an organized outfit compared to Laszlo's, mm-hmm. which yeah, not people love them, obviously. They've done well, but I just don't know that there are people who are coming just to vote for Laszlo's. I think it's going to be Legendary Red Rooster. I think they're going to come out of that one. I will take, I will take Muchachos coming out of the Southwest over Tina's, although it's maybe going to be closer than I thought, and maybe they're maybe Tina's has a shot, given mm-hmm. a, as good as Cheesesteak Grill did against them. The Northeast, I mean, I picked Isles Pub and Pizza from the beginning to win the whole thing. And I picked Hell Yeah out of that bracket to make the championship. But I, I don't... And I think Honest Abe's, this could be the year that Honest Abe's goes on the run that seems like it's been due for them. But I'll stick with my original pick. That was Isles. And then I think I do think Norm's on 48th will come out of the come out of the southeast. So that would be three number one seeds plus a 15 seed with legendary Red Rooster. Here's where I sit today. 
And I do get to see some of the, the back-end numbers, not yes. just the percentages. And I originally had Penelope's getting to the Final Fork out of that Southeast. I think, as of today, the Final Fork is going to be Red Rooster, Muchachos, Berea Boss, and Norms. Berea Boss? And I think the final is going to be Red Rooster against Norms. <laughs> if if you get those, I mean, this has truly become <laughs> a crazy underdog tournament, if that happens. I'm just saying, I, I'm not going to be surprised if that's what we see end up happening. So again, you thought, wait, did you have Muchachos? In Red the, Rooster, muchachos, muchachos, barely. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tina's gets there. Okay. But then Berea boss out of the Northeast. And Norm's getting back in in the Southeast. And just real quick, respect especially for Tina's and Penelope's that are just, it feels like they're just consistent in this in this tournament. And and Tina's, I know, went out early last year, but over the years. Well, well Tina's is in their second E8. Yes. Penelope's has made two E8s already, trying to make just a third. wildly consistent. Yeah. These two are. People, people, like, their, uh, people like their breakfast places. No doubt about it. They they get there. They they figure it out. And I mean, I just I don't see because you have some of them that you'll see. You know what you're getting out of Soresco with Red Rooster. You see yes. the organized organization there. Um, you see Berea Boss on social media. What Muchachos does on social media. Norms with their marquee and how how they're able to utilize mm-hmm. that. I don't see that with Tina's and Penelope's, but they're still there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the difference. Like. You also don't see that from like Honest Dave's venue and Laszlo's. I don't think. Maybe they're maybe they're at least sharing it, but I think they're they're sharing it, but it's it's just not at the same level. Yes. Exciting. So, again, voting schedule today is the Northeast Isles Pub and Pizza versus Honest Dave's, Bria Boss versus Haya, and then tomorrow will be the Southeast Norms on Forty Eighth versus Ramos Busters, and Venue versus Penelope's, and then we get to the. Voting to get into the final four yep. starting e- on Wednesday. E8, the West regions, Northwest and Southwest, will go Wednesday. The Northeast and Southeast will go Thursday. Final, vor- final fork voting Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You can vote once a day and then championship next Monday. All brought to you by University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union and the battle for that kitchen upgrade for Nebraska prep equipment. Some stakes on the line this year. 826, we'll take a break. Caleb's got sports next on KLIN. Is your business or organization impacted by the latest severe weather? Let Lincoln know by signing up under the Closings tab at KLIN.com. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Well... Mondays at 8.35 for a lot of years, I don't even remember how many years, have been occupied by Dirk Chatlin. And, uh, you know, he usually took the summers off anyway. And 
I needed someone who I could count on year-round. Uh, and somebody that I knew well. I like my regular guests to be uh, friends of mine that I know well. Uh, that I can talk about a lot of things with. And so we thought, hey, we got to get somebody back on in this slot. And so I made a call that I probably, it's kind of surprising I haven't made a while back. And I feel a little bad for that. But listen, there's only so many slots in a three-hour show. And uh, called this man who joins us now from uh, Husker 24-7 and co-host of the Friday Husker Tailgate show, multiple years, Mr. Mike Schaefer. Mike, welcome to Monday Mornings on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. I am honored, and I just have to assume that you wanted the unique perspective that only could be offered from a Columbus High graduate from the 2000s. So, yeah, that's uh, true. I'm happy, I'm happy to follow Dirk here as I have my entire life, unwitting. That's true. Why are there so many of you? It is there's ju- only three of us. It feels like there's more. It feels well, like the, you know. Also, also Columbus can- is the uh, the northwestern. Like, yes. like what, Northwestern University. People? Yeah, that's what Columbus is. Columbus for High is the. And yeah. by the way, Ken Shimmick's from Columbus too. So <laughs> figure that in. Figure that. Yeah. In. Well, I mean that was. It's just. The, it's like the Mount Rushmore of of media. It's here like in we're all just discovering this. Wow, that's. You know, it's if we if we break through the blue collar life of Columbus, there's just nothing but massive upside in the media industry. Everybody <laughs> so. does that. I guess so. So Mike and I were having this conversation, and this is a good sample of uh, how these segments might go sometime. But M- Mike and I were having this uh, conversation. I dialed his number to call him because we hand dial on a regular, you know, landline when we call these out. And I, I was telling Mike, I was like, that's the first time I've ever dialed your number before. And I was like, and I was like, not that I, you know, not that I would have memorized it otherwise. I don't know my own kids' phone numbers. And then Mike said something that Caleb also said he had the same experience of, which shocked me a little bit. Now, I don't know my own kids' numbers, but you guys both don't know your own spouse's phone number. Is no. that right? You, you, neither, yeah. you don't know your spouse's phone number. Caleb? Yeah, I mean, I... Go ahead. I don't. Wow. That's that's a little shocking Why would, Why would I need to know it if my phone, I just click on her name? I, I, I don't know. I feel like... I feel like this i think part of the reason for me is that she's had the number so long it was pre-smartphones and so i did used to have to actually dial it in that might have been part of the reason but i don't know it just feels like filling stuff out or it just there just comes times where you need to know that i didn't my, meet my wife until 2017 so that's yeah, okay that's six years See, i didn't meet my wife until 2018 yeah right. so i have an even better excuse <laughs> At the same time, I asked the question, like, if you were to list off every phone number that you have memorized right now, okay, Mike, where would the brunt of them, like, you, I don't know, do you probably, do you, would you say you still have, like, 30 full phone numbers memorized in your head from various parts if, of your life? Where, if I sat down and really thought about it, I could probably come up with, like, the landline phone numbers of friends of mine from uh, middle school and high school. Uh, I was thinking, you know, if you're in a situation where you don't have your phone and you have to make a phone call, I really hope my friend John, who is like the first person out of my friend group to get a cell phone, hasn't changed his number. Because that one, I'm thinking right now, like, I'm not going to say it on air, but I have that number just completely memorized in my head. I kind of want to just, like, call it right after this and see where it goes. Um, Because that's my, like, phone a friend right now. Yeah. that's probably the best chance I have of getting out of this imaginary situation a lot. 
Uh, if you want to know my best friend Jordan Badura's grandmother's house phone number, <laughs> I can tell you that, and I can tell you Sherman County Bank's phone number. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have I haven't banked there in fifteen years. I've got some of those too. Like I can tell you. Four four one seven eight nine two is the, uh, or at least it was the city softball rainout line. You always go back to that number. Uh, four uh, uh, seven six nine two one one was time and temp, which I called a lot as a teenager because I needed to check the time and temp. Evidently, those are uh, those are two among all my high school friends. As that's well. a big. Uh, that's one of those things that you know your kids would never understand the idea that you would call. Like in Columbus, it was just a three digit thing. Oh, and really? You would call it. And it would come back with like fourteen advertisements for local businesses. <laughs> it was always and banks. <laughs> the the time and the temperature were both sponsored. And I always thought whoever did the job had like a really good voice for it. And so I don't know who it is, but I've always wanted to tell them that. It was all it was, in Lincoln at least it always was a bank that sponsored thing. I wonder what that sponsorship ran people, Caleb. Man. Yeah, this was Coyote Triple T Country. Uh <laughs> And Ginger Moon Insurance are the two primary ones. <laughs> we ought to bring back time and temp for the kids, and uh, you know, sell a sponsorship. We let's can set up a, a line here. Let's just get up a get a phone number. I feel like everybody's into retro stuff. Would people be into that? I don't know. Uh, you just get rid of it on their phones. Like no one's phone has the time or the temperature anymore. Yeah, so. that'd be oh my great. god, I would feel like I was in the desert. Yeah. You take yeah, you take weird. that you take that time off of my phone. Yeah. I agree. Temperature, I care less about, but the time, like I'm, I'm constantly checking the time as if I have somewhere else to be or somewhere to go. Yeah, here's Mike Schaefer for Big Watch. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so I'm going to start my first, my first question to you, just to give you an opportunity to sort of choose the question, because I would imagine much of your life now is people coming up to you. Uh, friends, people come up to you in public, wherever you are, and then asking you something about Dylan Rayola. And that, I, and I understand that's I, that's probably a big portion of your life right now. So I know sometimes when people ask you a question over and over again, from experience, not with this, but other ones, there's always kind of something that you just you just wish you could just put out there generally, even if it's not addressing their question directly. So I'm giving you that chance, whatever it is about what you know or what you think or what you want the world to know. When they ask you a question about him, what can you tell us, Mike? You know, I, I love this. I don't have like a I don't have like a thing ready for Dylan Rayola yet because it's been such a weird such a weird deal. I think that the thing I want to know the most is should I trademark the phrase Rayola coaster? <laughs> because could I make some money off of that? I think that's where I'm at at this point. Okay. Because that's just what I end up telling people. I'm like, Yeah, you're they're just still riding the Rayola coaster. And then I have to sometimes explain that joke to people who don't know what a roller coaster is. Right. But, you know, so and, there's that. And then everybody's like, I run into this expert and this is what I get. Yeah. This is, this well, is, they, this is the inside you know, info I get. Secretly, they walk away and they're like, I've been friends with that guy for 20 years. Thank God I'm not paying $9 a month for his website. <laughs> you know, so, uh, understandable. But yeah, he, it's, it's easily the biggest thing. Like, this is. This is sort of weird to me. It is a bigger thing than Matt Rule's first spring football. It's a bigger thing than the Jeff Sims, KT Thompson showdown that we we could have at some point. Mm -hmm. Like it is the single biggest thing in Nebraska athletics right now. Yeah. I don't even think I'm like overstepping by saying that. 
Yeah. Because that is all anyone has interest in. If we just posted a story that's headline said Dylan Rayola, and then in the body of the story it said Nebraska is considering him and he is considering Nebraska, press publish, we would do like 50,000 views in like two <laughs> days. You know, so, I mean, it's just people really, really care about it. And it, it fascinates me because if you were like to go back and pick a former Huskers kid, I don't know that Dominic Rayola would have been the one that I would have guessed would have caused this much, you know, right. fervor and excitement. Now, throwing the fact, number one quarterback, number one recruit, Nebraska football being a tire fire. Like, I mean, it all kind of makes sense as to why there's this, this sort of enthusiasm. But, yeah, I mean, it's one of these things where every update is going to feel like either euphoric or a gut punch. And mm-hmm. fans just have to kind of ride that wave. Like, it's, it's unfortunate. But I, I think it's really close between three schools. I like where Nebraska's at. I think that they have some pitches that the other two can't really match. Um, and look, I, I get it. Like USC, Georgia, significantly better football team. Certainly Lincoln Riley, Chase, you know, for what he's done with every quarterback he's ever had. Georgia's just won the last two national championships. But there is something real and tangible about why he really, really enjoys Nebraska beyond the fact that it's just his dad. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, to come here as often as he can, there must be at least something um, that that is drawing here. By the way, how many times in the eight years that we've or so that we've known each other have I actually asked you a question about recruiting and a specific player, either on or off the air? Uh, maybe the last, maybe like during the Brendan Radley Hile kind of time, like maybe he he was sort of the most like the 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 booty thing is kind of the closest comparison I we just, have to this. It's just quite a moment. It's the first time you come on as a regular guest, and I may be asking you in all of these years about one of your biggest specialties, asking Lee, actually asking you a question in your area of expertise. We've talked about recruiting on the on the tailgate show before. Have we? But in, like if, in a non-radio segment, you have never really asked me about recruiting. Right. Ever. I just, I mean, it's just, it's, it should, I, I just hope it's a special moment for you. You're usually too busy telling me about your first trip to Burger King circa 1986. <laughs> And so sometimes that story ends up taking the entire time we're together. That's true. I do talk about those about those sorts of things a lot. One of the things been interesting uh, about this Dylan Rayola thing is just uh, the boomboxes. Well, the boombox is indirectly that it's been sort of Trev Albert's involvement in this whole thing, right? Yeah. Like, like, yep. like he's the one who led Dylan down onto the court during that Nebraska basketball game. He's the one who uh, he was posting. Just happened to be posting a picture of him with Dominic Rayola at the stadium this weekend in front of Rayola's jersey for the Lions. It's, I, I mean. That's, I mean, we haven't had Trev here as the athletic director a lot, but how rare is that, or what do you make of that, of, of Trev's, like, seeming involvement in this whole thing? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely different. I mean, it, ADs have been involved in the past, and certainly Hank Bounds, as a university president, made himself more involved than anybody I've ever seen in that role. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Trev Albert, obviously, as a former player, is positioned where his relationships with these guys are a little bit different. And I think he also knows the value of being pretty visible and, and sort of, you know, in a, in a pseudo role as a, as a cheerleader for this program. So his relationship being what it is with Rayola, it kind of makes sense that he would continue to, to sort of put himself visibly out there. But I, I will also tell you this. I mean, he is available to other recruits that aren't Dylan Rayola too. I mean, he's, he's kind of made himself, 
someone who is around during these events and, you know, parents can come up and talk to or recruits can come up and talk to, or, you know, with Mickey Joseph as the head coach, he would often be addressing these recruits before games when they were here in town for unofficial visits. It's an aspect of the job that I really like. I will, I'll leave this up to you guys to decide, but I can't think of any other administrator that has been this visible, you know, throughout everything. Like he, He's genuinely accessible. And if either one of us wanted to for our various shows and platforms to get in touch with him for an interview, it's not hard. Like yeah. it is a different, it is a very different setup uh, than the days of, you know, you put in a request and you'd more likely see tumbleweeds go by right. than you would a response. Yeah. Uh, I course would have been an example of that. Yeah, definitely. That was who I was thinking. Yeah, for sure. Caleb, you were nodding along. Well, to add to that. Well, it's just it's not only the fact that we could put in a request. It's everywhere that that you see Trev Alberts and this entire administration. You you had uh, Carter Green and Alberts all at the last home WNIT game, just chopping it up on the sideline. Like mm-hmm. there, there's there's so much accessibility that when you hear an administration and everything that. You get out of a football program where they talk about culture and family, and it's just like, oh, you actually see all of these people, and you can approach them as opposed to it feeling like you got to jump through hoops to for them to even know you exist. Yeah, it's a different level of stewardship than we've certainly seen, and I I don't know if it's by design, I don't know if it's it's calculated, but certainly the guy that he replaced, Bill Moose, was you know you could get him on the phone, um, certainly yeah. he would talk. That was never an issue there. But it wasn't like you were ever going to see him at anything that wasn't a football game. I mean, he mm-hmm. he really was a football AD uh, through and through, and the rest of it just kind of fell where it did. I mean, he left other people in charge of it. Obviously, you have the famous moment of, of people scaling the side of, of the PBA suites to get a photo of uh, Bill Moose at his first basketball game right. while he's sitting in a suite and the lights are off. And, uh, you know, it couldn't have been more weird. That was a fun <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I know. I guess you kind of already take it. I do at least kind of take it for granted. Trevor's everywhere. I mean, he is legit everywhere. Um, He wants to be. I mean, he, he, I think, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but this is a guy that talks about stewardship. And I feel like this is how he views that the role should be. By the way, if, isn't that one of the perks of the job, by the way, to, uh, to, to, uh, uh, listen, it's a tough job. It's a huge job. There's a lot to it, but you get to go to games. Right and yeah. see the product. That would be one of the first things I would want to do. Uh, Osborne did it a ton too. He was at all yeah. the. He seemed to have season basketball tickets. Uh, you would sure. think that it wouldn't be that hard to be like, hey, you have a suite for literally everything. You get the best tickets you want. Right. You know, part of your role besides hobnobbing with with donors and everything else, and and meeting with the university officials is just being a visible presence. I mean, I. I would certainly enjoy that aspect of it. I think it'd be the other stuff that would be less appealing to me about that job. And then to to finally bridge the gap here, the latest picture was of Trev sitting in some sort of throne holding a boombox that had Nebraska logos all over it, which uh, Dylan Rayola has also... What is the deal with the boomboxes? Is is there an inside story here? I I, I just assume that boomboxes are coming back, that everything from the late 80s, early 90s is popular. Time and Tamp is coming back, (laughs) boomboxes. So, I mean, I I just have to assume it's that. But, you know, I was born at such a time in which boomboxes were already sort of phased out for the home stereo. Like every kid, you know, basically for Christmas wanted to get their own, like, 
home stereo for their room. You couldn't just put that on your shoulder and walk it around. You know? Yeah. No, that there was one Christmas where I was number one on my list. This had to be about 1984, 85. Uh, and my, my buddy had a boombox that had one speaker. And I got one that Christmas that had two speakers wow. with a balance left and right. <laughs> I remember you could move from side to side with a balance uh, in stereo. I thought I was the. I thought I was some hot. You know what? After I so got you, that, you just like you're you're walking around with this boombox, and it's just a local radio station, or were you? It had a tape player. It had a tape player. Okay. Cassettes. Right. So yeah. what? Like what? What's the go-to boombox cassette of 1984? Of 1984, uh, probably I would guess Wham's "Make It Big." Would likely be on that list. Uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller would likely be on that list. Sure. Uh, like, are you dressed the, like a b boy while you're walking the, around, or are you just in like jeans and a t shirt? I was a seven year old in no, yeah. Uh, the other one, but I did. I think I had this on single vinyl, like a, a seven inch vinyl. Was the We Are the World? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna get people fired up. <laughs> we Are the World. I was very into that too. I'm pretty yeah. sure these images only exist for me to match them up with videos where I can use NWA songs. <laughs> well, so when I think of boomboxes, for the rest of time, it's always gonna be the. Uh, the guy from Do the Right Thing. <laughs> yeah, holding it up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And wasn't it just like Fight the Power? It was like the only thing that played out yeah. of that boombox in the whole movie. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like when I think of boomboxes, it's a very specific thing to me. Well, and, and then what's the movie at the end? Man. What's the movie where he holds it up? Uh, the, the, uh, the, say anything? Uh, yeah, say anything. Yes. That's the other one at the uh, after the, the date. Yeah, so. John Cusack. John Cusack. Right? I've Thank never, you. Never seen that movie, but it's one of those like somehow iconic images that you yes. just know of, even though you've never watched the movie. <laughs> well, these are Bluetooth boomboxes, I understand, and they're also very expensive, I understand, but I would still like one. Just that, that makes me think it. about like there was this time, and maybe it's still popular, and my friends have aged out of it, where all of my friends were buying record players. Yeah, I have one. Inheriting their, their <laughs> yep. parents' record I've got my, my dad's records, and I got the record player, and I keep really wanting to get into it, and I haven't told totally it. Like, I would go over to someone's house, and they'd be playing music, and like, your record player isn't going. He's like, yeah, it's Bluetooth. And it's like, oh. So it's just supposed to look cool <laughs> in the corner while still playing the music off your phone. <laughs> Cool-looking old things that are Bluetooth. That's where yeah. we're at now. Uh, all right, Jay. Fun conversation. Gotta run. We'll uh, chat again next Monday. Have a good week. Enjoy uh, spring football practice and uh, writing and talking about that, all right? No, all right. Sounds good. I'm sure we'll pick up these great conversations right where we left yes. off next Monday. We will. There you go. Mike Schaefer, Husker 24-7, uh, joining us on Monday mornings. Take a break. Wrap up the show after this on KLIX. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. What I forgot when he asked me the cassettes, somebody tweeted this in at me. What I really listened to the cassettes was songs I taped off the radio. Hey, I still did that when I was in. Did you? In high school, I put play, play, record, and pause, and I was just waiting for that song to come on that I wanted to hear. And then I'd have tapes where I recorded the same song like thirty times in a row, which didn't make a whole lot. Of I sense. remember trying desperately to record all of uh, "Hungry Like the Wolf." <laughs> it doesn't make sense with the eras, but okay. I'll it just, doesn't, but I did it. I'll just accept it. Followed right. by Evanescence. That's it. For, that's it for the show. We will see you on Tuesday. It's nine o'clock on Cal. I am Lincoln.